0: deacons and the deaconess, please come forward to live, to gather. I often wonder about Christmas, why someone would never want to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's kind of strange. When you consider The fact that we know that he was born, that's in itself is enough to worship. And when you consider what goes on in the lands on the 25th, we knew he wasn't born on the 25th. But when you consider people's hearts and the heart of giving, it makes you think, you really think about Christmas because our Savior came and he lived a sinless life for each and every one of us and he lives yes my Savior lives that's an awesome awesome because without it when you die, you die, that's it. Life is over. You can do whatever you want because when you die, it's over. But see, Jesus died for us. He doesn't ask for much. Makes you think, you know, wow. How long we have to live in this world. Next year I'm devoting, next year for my personal growth, total devotion, that's for me, total devotion, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I like, and that's what I'm looking for. And I pray that maybe you don't have that problem, but you find something that you can work on next year. I, I look at, at, at this church and, and where we came from and where we are today and I know that it wouldn't have been but for the grace of God that we are where we are now.
1: We welcome now our congregation here and our listening audience to another worship service at the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church, 1720 J Street. This is, of course, the holiday season, and we are enjoying God's blessings. We hope that you are, too, and that you will be doubly blessed by the message today. Our music will be provided by Chalisa Smith before the sermon, but the sermon itself will be given us by... Pastor Wayne O'Bannon, one of our two associate pastors. Pastor O'Bannon and his wife, Sharon, are precious to us. They have been a blessing in our midst. They have served faithfully, and they bring inspiration and energy and good direction for our youth and our several other programs. But today, as speaker of the hour, now, Sister Sharon, stand up, Sharon. I know everybody knows you except our, our visitors. Just stand up for us. You can get mad at Wayne when he does it, but you can't get mad at me, so thank you. We're happy to have it. Now, I must tell you about Sharon just a little bit. She is the daughter of a preacher, one of the most profound and dynamic preachers this church ever produced, Elder R.T. Hudson pastored back at my home church in Ephesus in New York, among other places, and was conference president of the Northeastern Conference. So she brings a wealth of experience and wisdom and encouragement to her husband and the church as well. But our speaker, Pastor Wayne O'Bannon, was born in St. Louis, reared in Southern California, went to school at you know where, and graduated with a degree in business and uh, for many years served as local leader and lay preacher from our church in Arizona in Phoenix, the Beacon Light Seventh-day Adventist Church. We noted his service not only in the United States but having traveled overseas in the Far East as well as in Europe to preach as a layperson. And we've asked him to join our staff and he was willing to do so upon his wife's transfer and his transfer to our city. We're happy to have Pastor O'Bannon speak to us today. We know that he's been at Oakwood, and Oakwood is sharpening him again, this time in theological studies. So he's adding theology to his business degree, and I don't, I haven't talked to him a lot about what he's learning, but I expect to hear some today. And uh, on in the future. We're happy to have Pastor and Sister Bannon as part of our family, and we ask that the church will pray for Pastor Bannon as he brings us the Word of God on this, the final Sabbath of the year 2009. He will speak as God gives him utterance, and we will pray and listen and obey by God's grace.
2: I'd like to say thank you, Jaleesa, very much. I know that we have welcomed our visitors, but I see some fellas out there that I grew up with in California. I just want to let you know I see you. Don't be too hard on me. Well, I'd like to say good morning, family. As you know, I have been away for oh, probably about a month now. I'm working on my master's at Oakwood College, Oakwood University, pardon me. And I've had a wonderful time. But it's nice to be back home. It's nice to see so many visitors out today we know this is holiday season so you're enjoying fellowshipping with family and friends but before i get into the message today there's a young man here who just before i left you know how when you fly on planes it gets a little noisy so i i Seen these advertisements about these quiet comfort headphones and I said I want to get some headphones cuz I'm gonna be on these planes back and forth and I just wanna have some peace so I went on Craigslist and I uh, found some for sale and so I made the call and he still had them so I went over to pick him up and and we met and we began to talk and I told him I was a pastor here at the Abundant Life Church and he said oh really where's your church at and you know you get a lot of people say that all the time when you tell them you're a pastor and they want to know where your church is and they say well I'm gonna come one day And you say okay well here's here's where it is I gave him one of my cards and of course I was leaving so I've, I've been gone for a month well when I returned and I don't know if it was when I returned or if I talked to you on the phone. Yeah, when I returned, the 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 pastor told me that there was a young man that came to church. And, and he said he, he, he found you on the Internet or talked to you on the Internet. And I said, what? Wait a minute. Then he said, no, you think he, you bought something from him. I said, oh, okay. And so, you know. When I, when I saw him that night, I picked up the headphones. You know, I you know, saw him, he saw me, and we went our separate ways. So uh, a couple of uh, last Sabbath, I believe it was, I, I received a note that, yeah, the young man you had talked to, he's sitting over in the, this area. And I was looking and looking and looking. And then I finally recognized him. And I just want to thank him for being one, a man of his word, and letting the Lord touch you. So just just a special gift from me. I, uh, I want you to have this Jermaine. It's a Bible readings for the home. <laughs> God bless you man. All right. All right. <laughs> you know you'd be surprised how the Lord can right. touch people in, in the most unexpected ways. So that's why we always have to be about our Father's business. Again, I want to say happy Sabbath. Has God blessed anybody here today? Now, if you really have been blessed, I want you to say amen. Amen. That sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. Now, if there's something in your life, uh, a, a special blessing, that you have received from the Lord. I want you to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, okay, okay. Now, in in my life, here over the past couple of uh, weeks, there have been blessings that I have received that I wasn't expecting. And if you're a part of that group, I want you to say hallelujah. 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 Yes, yes, as I'm here to tell you today brothers and sisters God is still in the blessing business And he will continue to bless those who love him and obey him You know we've heard it said often and we've probably said it several times in the church here when praises go up Blessings blessings come down, but brothers and sisters. I'm here to tell you today when praises don't go up blessings still come down because my god is just that good what do you say amen amen now as i stated i know this is the holidays and i know you're you're enjoying your family you're enjoying your food and you, and you like the fellowship well, unfortunately for me and my wife our children are not with us that's a blessing on one hand and Uh, 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 a sadness on the other but I just want you to keep my daughter in prayer she's over in Spain she had the opportunity to go on a little singing engagement for since it's gonna be I guess a little over a month and I you know I know how it is when you go out of the country it gets a little scary but we're praying that the Lord will bring her back safely our son was here, but you know how young people are. They don't want to hang around mom and dad too long, so he drove down to Arizona. He's hanging with the friends and the family in Arizona. But let us not forget, in our fellowship with one another, we have to fellowship. We want to fellowship with our heavenly family. God loves the fellowship with his sons and his daughters. And we are sons and daughters of God, aren't we? Yeah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. On this last Sabbath of 2009, I I thank Pastor Rock for the opportunity to to be able to, to speak on this Sabbath. And I just want to let you know, my brother is the reason for the season. They didn't get that, Brian. They missed that. I said, my brother is the reason for the season. You see, Jesus is my brother. And Jesus is the reason for the season. It's not about some little fat man with a white beard flying with some reindeers. And and parents, I pray that your children don't believe in Santa Claus. If they do, they're going to get a rude awakening right now. Young people, there's no such thing as Santa Claus. But there is a such thing, there is a person named Jesus who will give you gifts that no man can give you. Those gifts you have received, your loving parents and friends have been so kind as to give them to you. Have we kept Jesus in mind in 2009? I hope we have. I heard the pastor put me on blast about my 2010 motto. It didn't get on the sheet. <laughs> he said pastors don't count. But my motto, and I pray that you take it on to yourselves, is help a friend get in. In 2010, or, or, or actually help save a friend in 2010. Now, that friend may be your spouse, that friend may be your next door neighbor, but make a vow that whatever you do this year, you're going to help save a friend in the year 2010. I was somewhat troubled. When preparing this message for today, for you see, we've heard the story of Jesus and his birth many times, and we usually hear it around this time of the year. I've even preached it before. But something down in my spirit kept telling me there's more to the story. There's more to the story. Now, you know the story about Mary and Joseph, the time of tax time. They had to go to Bethlehem because that's where Joseph was from, and they had to pay their taxes. And when they got there, everybody had beat them there because Mary was pregnant, riding on a donkey, and it took a little longer. They didn't have Southwest Airlines. What would it be in that kind of day? Southwest horses, maybe? I don't know. Something to get them there faster. But they were one of the last ones to get there. So there was no room in the inn. And as our children's story stated, Jesus had to be born in a stable. And he was laid in a manger. But we hear that story all the time. There has to be. There has to be more to the story. Turn very quickly to Luke chapter 2. And and I'm just kind of setting the stage for the, for the actual message. But Luke chapter two, and we're just going to read a, a couple of verses, beginning at verse ten. And the angel of the Lord said unto them, "Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to who all." people and then in verse 13 it says and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Now that's something we've read all along. And at that, as, as we look at that, there's, there's really nothing that sticks out. But as you read the story further... And understand it as we will in this message, we will know that Jesus is the real hope of all mankind. Let's bow our heads. Father God, in Jesus' name. We ask now that you lead us as we study your word. Give us a clearer understanding of why your son came, of the gift that you gave us through him. Bless and keep us now as I preach and teach. I also listen in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Real hope. Turn to your neighbor and say, real hope. hope. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, "Real real hope. You see, there is a hope that some of you may have had a couple of days prior to yesterday. I hope I get that gift that I'm really looking for. And I pray your hopes came true. But if they didn't, that's all right too. But you must, and I just want to say this at the outset, this is, this is the foundation of the whole message. You must have your hope in Jesus, if you want to be saved, that's where your hope must be. Turn to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 1 Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God and Not only so, but we glory in tribulation also knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience Hope and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. Now, we've read all that. We understand the hope. We understand that Jesus came and was born in Bethlehem. But but this this hope thing was still puzzling to me. And then I realized how God speaks in the present and in the future when he speaks to us. Turn to Romans. Pardon me, Revelation 12, a familiar story, a f- familiar lesson we have heard. Chapter 12, beginning at verse 17, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. In other words, because of this battle between Lucifer, between Michael, who is Jesus, they had to go. You know, you've been in a situation where somebody's got to go. You can't both be in the same place at the same time so somebody has to go I'm thankful that my wife loves me so much that she doesn't say somebody's gotta go because I love her too if she wanted me to go I'd stay (laughs) because I love her that much and I know once she came to her senses she would realize that she she wants me there, too. But this battle that went on between Michael and Jesus got to a point to where somebody had to go. And it wasn't just because Jesus was the son of God that Lucifer and the other angels had to go. It was because Jesus was God. And when... Lucifer and his angels and the devil and his angels couldn't win the battle Down they had to go and where did they go? Unto the earth. Let's see what the scripture says and the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and Satan Which deceiveth the whole world? remember I told you God speaks in the future and in the present The devil hadn't gotten here yet, but the Lord is already saying he deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying, in heaven now is salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down Which causes them, which pardon me, which accuses them before the Lord, before God, day and night. Now that Lucifer and his angels were cast down into the earth. Scripture says, now there is salvation in heaven. Somebody had to go. Now everything is okay in heaven. And it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Now here it is. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil is come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. The devil is here. When he came to this earth, he was the prince of darkness. He still is the prince of darkness. He was the ruler of this earth. But there came a time when he lost that rulership. And a lot of times we speak of it as when Jesus died on the cross. But if we go back again to Luke chapter 2. When I read this, I I said, hallelujah, because you see, when Jesus was born, the angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy for unto us this day, for unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior, which is called Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothing, laying in a manger. Revelation said, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. But verse 14 now tells us when Jesus is born, glory to God in the highest and peace and goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away, da da, 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 da da. Once Jesus arrived on the earth as a babe, it was a lock. Satan was already under his thumb, was already a loser to him in glory. And now that Jesus came to this earth, he is our savior peace we no longer had to fear because Jesus is here I'm looking forward to the day to see the face of those wise men to see the joy that they felt and experienced when they saw Jesus When Satan and his angels were cast out, the words did go out, Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. But Michael and his angels prevailed over Satan and his angels in heaven, and Jesus prevails over him in the earth. So the victory of Jesus was already established. Our hope has always been in Jesus Christ For now we no longer have to fear We can have hope as Long as we endure until the end But you see some folk give up Some folk don't realize that Because we are children of God and He has an enemy Satan and his angels We have an enemy too Just because we are children of God don't mean does not mean everything's gonna be all right We read that we will have tribulation But in that tribulation we have to hold on we have to endure We don't have to fear the enemy For the Savior is now here. He has already defeated Satan. And now he has come to be among us when he was born in Bethlehem. And that birth, brothers and sisters, changed our whole life. Because by him coming, by him living as we live, and enduring and dying on the cross, He's letting us know we can do it. Even if we have to die, we can be saved. We were talking in in Sabbath school uh, this morning about, you know, there in Numbers how they had the cities of refuge. And, And the question was asked in our day and time, those of us who have children, what would we do if someone took the life of our child Or hurt our child in a a very heinous way Would we as Christians Be loving and kind enough that when the judge said well Before I consider the verdict I'm going to ask the family Would it be easy for us to say forgive him Let him go let her go Or reduce the sentence if it's a death penalty brothers and sisters we have to bear our brother's burdens and our brothers and sisters are not just those individuals in the church Jesus died for who all people all men but one thing we have to understand The Lord says, is not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in. Let's look at how the Israelites on their exodus out of Egypt. Turn over to Exodus chapter 14. The Israelites had been captive and had been slaves in Egypt. And God called Moses. He says, go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Verse 14, beginning, I mean, chapter 14, beginning to verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pharaoh, oh, pardon me, Pharaoh, between Mildog and the sea. Let's jump down to verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And then here's what they said. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Now what this tells me is that there were individuals who came on this exodus that really didn't want to come. They said, didn't didn't we tell you, as we read further down, he says, is not this, verse 12, is not this the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? Now I ask the question if that was their mindset, why were they out in the wilderness? They should have just stayed. But something caused them to leave with the other Israelites, with the Israelites. And I believe some of the Egyptians did go. Some of the Israelites were happy serving Pharaoh. But when the crowd moved and they knew that they were no longer going to be under the thumb of Pharaoh, they said, hey, we're going. Freedom. We have hope. Moses had preached about the promised land. We have hope. Maybe we'll be all right. But as soon as trouble came, They wish they were back in Egypt. Sounds like some of our church folk. We want to keep the Sabbath. We want to do the right thing because we know Jesus is coming. He's going to save us. But as soon as things get a little shaky. They want to go back into the world. There's no hope in the world, brothers and sisters. None. You can have all the money, clothes, cars, house, but without Jesus, there is no hope. And some people think that, well, I can go out of the church, leave the church, but I'm going to just, I'm going to connect with the Lord. The Lord says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. In other words, we find strength in our unity. It helps us to get through. It gives us that hope. And now there are people out there in the world right now that have no hope. They think that what they have going on right now is it. And once it's over, it's gone. And you and I have a responsibility to give them hope in Jesus. Not hope in the church. Because they will walk in here and be offended Quicker than they will if they go down to the Coliseum or something. A story was told about a young lady. And I think it was one of the, one of the ministers that came here. She was, she was preaching on one women's day. And it was told that there was a young lady who was a prostitute. And somebody spoke to her. And she felt drawn to come to church. Her business was prostitution. Her attire was her business so she came in her best so as she walked in the the the, the preachers the speaker says she was on the piano or, or something and and she noticed a group you know how we, we can sit up here and, and you see somebody come in and and you see a little sometimes you see a little group of people getting agitated Uh, it it may not be someone coming in here dressed promiscuously. It may be someone coming here dressed in such a way they may smell a little different and they they come and have a seat and all of a sudden it seems like now we have room in the church. People tend to just slide over. And and she saw this young lady come in and saw these people getting ready to go over to her and say, you, you know what they're about to say. This woman had come to the Lord. What should they have said? Welcome. God bless you. If you need help with clothes, we'll help you. But too often, we steal individual's hope before they even get to meet Jesus. And they turn right around and go out the door. And I'm here to tell you, And when Jesus comes across your name, he's going to know what you did. You're not going to get away with anything. Some folk are out there slipping and sliding. Uh, How's Pastor Walter Pearson say? At the no-tell motel. I may not see you. Pastor Rock may not see you, but the Lord sees you. Brothers and sisters, what we have to do, we have to give individuals hope. But to give hope, we have to have hope. If I don't believe in the Lord that I'm preaching about, how can I convince you to love him, to trust him? If I don't have that hope, if I'm not happy and enthusiastic in the Lord, what's going to make you come to my church Hey, why don't you come over to my church? We're having a, a little revival. It's going to be really nice. Is that going to draw somebody? Come on over to my church. We're having a wonderful revival. The Lord is there. We're going to have a one- That's more exciting. Now make sure it's genuine. You know, because you, know, you can be around some people that are smiling in your face. But then when you get to that place, they'll look at you and yeah. like they don't know you. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is coming soon. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. And people need to hear that there is a hope. And it's not a difficult thing. All Jesus asks is you would believe and accept me. Now this group of Individuals who who were on Moses's case saying is not that the word that we told you in Egypt saying let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we die in the wilderness. I would rather die on the Lord's mission and on the Lord's work than to live where the enemy is. But somehow, we have to get that across to folk, how they live their lives. It shouldn't be because of how I say they should live their lives. It should be because what the Word says. Because you see, some of us, and I said some of us because we're all included, some of us think we are living the life God wants us to live. And when the day comes, the Lord may say to one of you, or even to me, I never knew you. Lord, I I baptized in your name. I stood up and preached in your name. I, I did all these things in your name. God will say, the Lord will say, I never knew you. Don't be deceived. This is God's remnant church. And when you're here, you have to act like a remnant child of God. You have to have faith. You have to have love. And you have to have hope. You have to. You must. And you must share that with others. You see, these individuals were happy to be freed and from under the thumb of Pharaoh, but their hope was not in the Lord. Jeremiah, the 17th chapter. Jeremiah chapter 17, we're going to look at verses 5 and 7. Verse 5 says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. But verse 7 says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. What hope do we have in the Lord? Some people have a hope that I hope as long as I come to church on the Sabbath, when Jesus comes, I'm going to be saved. I hope the pastor doesn't ask me to pray. I've always had, a, had an issue with that when, 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 when there's a, a request. Can we have volunteers for prayer? It seems like we should be fighting to pray for what the Lord has done for us. But you ask, will somebody give us a special prayer? Heads go down, look around, not me, not me. Brothers and sisters, that's all part of our hope. The Lord has done something for us. As we share what the Lord has done for us, others are blessed. And when others are blessed, Jesus is praised and glorified. For he shall be a tree planted by the waters that spread out her roots by the river. You see, a, a tree planted by the river doesn't have to rely on the rain. It's got a source. A Child of God sticking next to Jesus doesn't have to worry about other stuff The Bible says seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you if I have Jesus on my side If I stick close to him, I do not have to worry about anything Because I'm taking his yoke upon me. I'm learning of him. He's taking care of me But many people right now In the world, in this city, even in this church, don't have their hope in the Lord. But my hope is that after this message is over, you put your hope in Jesus. Put your hope in him, saving your soul. Now, my duty as a minister, as a preacher, is to preach Christ and him crucified now I can preach all this prosperity doctor and I can preach all be nice to one another do that if you don't have Jesus all of that means absolutely nothing so if if we set the foundation right in Jesus Christ then everything else will take care of itself we must give hope to those who are hopeless what is hopelessness? Hopelessness is having that feeling of no future. Disconsolate. They, they, they feel dejected. There's a song, hymn number 477, says, Come ye disconsolate. God wants us to know that he will take care of us. Re- real quick, let me, let me just have this, this real quick. I want to. I was reading those verses, the verses of that song, hymn number 477. Come ye disconsolate, whate'er ye languish, come to the mercy seat, fervently kneel. Here, bring your wounded heart. Tell your anguish, earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. Joy of the comfortless, light of the strain, hope of the penitent, fadeless and pure. Here speaks the comforter, tenderly saying, Earth has no sorrow, heaven cannot cure. My hope is in Jesus, brothers and sisters, and I hope that your hope is in Jesus, because if it's not in Jesus, you have no hope. As much love as Jesus has already shown us, as much mercy as he has already given us, how is it we can still be hopeless? All he asks. Is that we have a relationship with him. A relationship. I'm here to tell you. Coming to church from Sabbath to Sabbath. Sabbath school prayer meeting. That's not really a relationship with Jesus. The relationship comes when you get into the word. And the word gets into you. it's, It's something about. Intimacy with the Lord, not just uh, you're here, Lord, and I'm there. I I I love my wife. And when we got married, you know what I'm talking about. To have a a a a loving relationship, you must come together the oneness of the Lord. With God, you must come together. You can't just stand up and say, there's Jesus over there. He's my friend. We're cool. You must have a relationship because the key is not you knowing Jesus. It's Jesus knowing you. That's so important. Because you know, what is it, Matthew, I believe, 721 said, Lord, didn't I do this in your name? Jesus said, I never knew you. I thought I was doing this in the Lord's name, but the Lord never knew me. Something was wrong. I didn't trust in him as I should. So the Lord wants to have an intimate relationship with us. And that's not a a, a sexual thing. So don't get it twisted. John chapter 20. Pardon me, John chapter 14 and verse 20. And that day shall ye know that I am in my father and ye in me and I in you. That's that intimate relationship brothers and sisters. The Lord has to be in us through his word and for him to come out of us he has to be in us first. The story is told of a deacon working on a roof with the pastor. And they were nailing the shingles down and the deacon hit his thumb And some words came out that surprised the pastor and surprised even him. And the deacon said, oh, pastor, I don't know how. I don't know where that came from. Pastor said it had to get in before it could come out. That just lets us know, brothers and sisters, be careful little ears what you hear. Remember that song when we were growing up in Sabbath school? You can't listen to everything. You can't watch everything. That, 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 that's one of the issues I have. I love movies. And and you know, I've gotten to the point now that violence doesn't startle me. And I say, Oh Lord, that's not good. Because there's a time of trouble coming that, that, that I can't even imagine. And if I'm so desensitized now to violence. What's going to happen then? So I have to start cutting back on that stuff, getting away from it. I remember when I was at, Oak, when I was at Oakwood for the, my first year, we were at the mall. And some little guy was just riding his motorcycle around the mall, just acting crazy. And he came around the corner one time and hit this car. And it was, I mean, it wasn't a bad accident, but, but he got hurt. But when he hit it, I remember distinctly that just as he was hitting the car, I turned my head. Because I didn't want to see what happened. But guess what? Now, I'm desensitized to that. And and unfortunately, I want to see it. You stupid enough to ride ride your motorcycle around like that? I'm watching. Pray for me. Pray for me. Because I want to have compassion. I want, I want to really help someone. Sister White. In counsels to the church, testimonies to the church, volume 6, verse 462, she says, be strong and talk hope press your way through your obstacles that's endurance press your way through not around press your way through your obstacles you are a you are in spiritual wedlock with Jesus Christ the word is your assurance savior with the full confidence of living faith Join in your hands with his go where he leads the way Whatever he says you do He will teach you Just as willing as he will teach someone else Brothers and sisters. Jesus is coming soon And I hope you truly believe that For my hope is that you are preparing now now is the time to be ready we, we can't worry about well I don't know what I'm gonna do then during the time of trouble I need to know right now one of the things I, I, I didn't uh, share in the class but I, I have already decided that if someone is going to take the life of my child or my spouse if I don't deny Christ I've already decided they're gonna go but I have the hope that the same God that created them will bring them back to life because you see me accepting uh, re- rejecting God to save their life doesn't really save their lives I have to put my hope and trust in the Lord. Now I'm glad my my children are a little older, because it might have been really hard if my son was as young as one of yours, Brian, or or, or my daughter was as as young as Martina's little one. It might have been hard, but the Lord, through the word, has given me the assurance that if I lose my life, or they lose their life for his sake they gain it my hope is that if you're not studying the word of God every day that you start today my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness and I hope yours is the same and my hope Is to see each and every one of you in the kingdom. Not a false hope, real hope. Not religious hope, real hope. Not earthly hope, heavenly hope. For the day is coming when my strength that is connected with the strength of Jesus is either gonna take me through take me around take me over take me under but it's gonna get me to the other side and I don't wanna go by myself I want my Jesus with me and on my side I've asked sister Tony Ellis to sing a special appeal song And as she sings, think about where your hope really is. And if it's not in Jesus, understand he died on the cross for you. He shed his blood for you so that you could be saved and have your hope in him. hope in Jesus that that child
3: makes it back before it's
2: too late. if there's a mother or a father here today with that hope in their heart I want you to stand
3: for then conquers we are now there may be a young person and and, and we we, we, teens, we seem to miss you Calling on the young people to step up even for their parents. There may be a
2: young person whose father or mother is not in the ark of safety. Whose father and mother needs Jesus. And and you want to stand in place to save your parents want you to stand. Any young people want to stand for their parents?
3: In the light of his glory and grace.
2: As the song says,
3: turn your eyes upon Jesus. Because looking anywhere else, you're blind. But when you have Jesus in your life, in his you can see clearly. you can see the enemy
2: you can know he's coming and be able and to fight the
3: against him.
2: now there may be someone today who is in a hopeless situation whether it's financial whether it's a relationship whatever it is in your life you feel that it's hopeless but I tell you today if you give it to Jesus He can change it. And if you want to give that hopeless situation to Jesus, I want you to come down front. If you want to give that hopeless situation to the Lord and get your answer, bring it to Jesus. God waiting there's an angel that's flying around the earth right now sealing God's people and when that angel finishes his work he's going to go home and God is going to say it's finished go and bring my children it is your hope to be in that group when Jesus comes to be saved I want you to stand now we have brought all of our issues all of our problems to Jesus but I just believe there's someone who wants to give their heart To the Lord. Not. Willing. To live another day. Without having Jesus. On the throne of their heart. If there's just one person. One person. Who has not allowed the Lord to, to lead their life. But today right now you want to say Lord I want you to lead my life. I want you to come down front. I want you to step out and make it known to all heaven that I want Jesus to lead in my life. And if you're afraid to come out, raise your hand, I'll come get you, or tear off the little side of the bulletin and and fill it out. For tomorrow is not promised to any of us. Today is the day make your hope and your calling and election sure in jesus christ father god you see those that have come and those that have stood lord you know the burdens on each and every heart down front here lord we want to see a miracle we want them to experience a miracle And, Lord, when you bless in their lives, Lord, don't let them keep it quiet. Let them shout it to the rooftops what you have done for them. That others may have hope that their situation brought to you can be changed as well. Lord, we are thankful for those that have come. And we ask, Lord, that if there's someone here that you Truly want to make a difference in their life, Lord. I ask that you send your spirit. Let them be so uncomfortable without making the decision that that they say, "No, I, I can't do it." But let your spirit calm their thinking. Let your spirit raise their hope level that they will say yes I can make that decision for the Lord today Lord you know all of our hearts bless as only you can and father when Jesus comes in the clouds of glory it is my hope that everyone under the sound of my voice no matter how young no matter how old whether they're a member of the church or not will have made a connection with Jesus And put their hope in his hands father when it's all said and done we give you all the praise honor and glory in the wonderful and glorious name of Jesus let's all say together amen and amen
1: God bless you